You're listening to the Crowdfunding Nerds Podcast, a podcast that will help you succeed before, during, and after your crowdfunding event. And now, here is your host, Andrew Lowen. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. I am your host, Andrew Lowen, and I'm joined, as always, by Richard and Sean. And uh, today, we are going to be talking about alternative marketing methods. Yay! Actually, we'll probably make this conversation a lot of fun because we're just going to throw like take our flamethrower at everything today it's it should be if alternative marketing methods are like alternative bands i'm all in what does alternative band even mean i wasn't cool enough to know what alternative was like as a kid the alternative just means independent i'm looking at here on wiki alternative means less popular not mainstream you're you're yeah but you have more social credit in most circles if you like alternative uh, which is why i wasn't allowed to like lincoln park as a kid uh, because they were a sellout, quote unquote. So you, you <laughs> had to like an alternative band. If you well, were. I mean, I, I I associate alternative with like non-pop music. Like it's not pop. Like it's like like pop music you listen to. Like okay, yeah, it's like uh-huh. you know what pop music. Everyone knows what pop music yeah. sounds like. It's very, it's very produced and very. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know. Like Barbie Girl, but, but yeah, it's just, usually has. It's a little rougher. A rougher so- song. A lot of guitars. Usually, you know, mm-hmm. drums. It's a little more. Chevelle. That's all I really want is metal. When I yeah. have a, uh, it's I. You know what I listen to when I have my choice. I, I tend to listen to a lot of Christian rock, but I really like the harder rock, um, Skillet, and As They Lay Dying, and Flyleaf. Um, Flyleaf is all right. They have some good songs, but I don't know. I just I really like that music a lot. But in lieu of that, I'll listen to things like speed metal or or just like more hard. <laughs> core metal and then i have a real fascination with dubstep that is like lindsey sterling is great but there's this band that has a song i can't remember the band's name but has a song called shake that bagpipe and it is my favorite song right now of all time i love this song so much they dubstep with a bagpipe and it's great it is so fun so let's talk about something getting into our our topic at hand i had this experience that uh, this week where I was, I met with a Reddit advertising representative. I was given a pitch deck. I've, I've used Reddit ads multiple times in the past, but never received any significant results. In fact, every time I've ever heard of a small business or board game or video game or tabletop game using ads has been negative, except for one time, which I'll mention, I believe is covered in an article that I read uh, from uh, Rock Manor Games. It's one of their, I think actually they have a Kickstarter going right now called Set a Watch. And I think on one of their earlier Kickstarters, they always do like a marketing analysis afterward, or they used to. And that was, um, that part of that covered a, you know, a small little line in there was a Reddit ad that actually had a 273% return. However, they only spent like $80 and they got like, you know, whatever, $240 of pledges off that $80, you know, just give or take. So every experience that I had was negative and I wasn't going to give this advertising rep the easy way out and not ask hard questions. He uh, did a great job sharing with Reddit, gave some really great information. And I questioned him on all sorts of stuff because I'm a veteran Reddit user. Don't really like Reddit very much because of some of its downsides, which we'll talk about. But, you know, he had good answers for some and then unsatisfactory answers for others. And I thought I would get into some of the specifics of that, and then we could talk about it. And also just 
what kind of ended up coming up as a result of those things, which were other types of, you know, other basically other places you can spend money for marketing. And, you know, we're talking about other major social media sites and that kind of thing. And so I thought it would be fun to just open it up and kind of have a, a conversation and wherever we go is where we go. The thing that was very interesting, and I shared it with our team on this, on our internal Slack, was a, a slide included in the pitch deck that was titled a unique audience that can't be found elsewhere. This was probably the area that I was most intrigued. Reddit dominates in you know the, the 18 to 34 year old category. A lot of 18 to 34 year olds use it, which of course you've got other marketing avenues that kind of attract younger crowds as well. But you know, you've also got a lot of you know more affluent, older uh, people that use it as you know, in addition. So 27% of their market is 34 to 49. I think that 58% of their market is 18 to 34 or their user base, active user base, I guess. And, and so it's definitely skewed to the younger crowd, but median income was around $82,000 a year uh, for a household. I don't know how they're finding these numbers, but I, you know, they were included in their official pitch deck. So I guess I'll take them at their word. And this is only for the U S by the way. Oh, correct. Correct. So the, uh, there were, you know, they have anywhere from four to 500,000 subreddits, um, which are in essence, a set of forums. Reddit is like the front page of the internet. So they call themselves in case you don't know, and they've been living under a rock. They have us a set of forums on anything you could ever think of. Which are basically like Facebook groups. If you're familiar with Facebook groups, right. subreddits are pretty much the same thing. Except it's much more gnarly. They've got a more advanced <laughs> ecosystem going on there um, that is uh, more persnickety, shall we say. More well, cutthroat. Yeah. Well, here, here it is. There's actually only one subreddit on Reddit. It's called Roast Me. And then all the other subreddits are actually oh. subreddits of that subreddit. Because <laughs> literally the only thing that you get on Reddit is very bad sarcasm and lots of negative Nancy's. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I always found really, really amazing about Reddit is like the comment replies, like the threaded comments are so funny. It, it's like they, it's everyone knows what everyone else is thinking. And I, it's a good place I, to seethe. You go there to yes. seethe on something. <laughs> you, get your, you get your lols. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You also go to tell funny stories. Each social platform, people are on it for different reasons. So they're in a different state of mind, a different pattern. Facebook is useful because people are in uh, information curation. They want, they're there to find the latest things, newest things. So they're open to hearing about the latest game that has just come out. Might not mm -hmm. be the same on Reddit where people might not necessarily be doing that there. You know, Twitter, I think, is probably a bit more political. It's, it's quite similar in terms of news, but it might just be things which are more political. You know, LinkedIn, people are going to be there for different reasons, usually to network or create some type of B2B thing. Mm -hmm. um, Twitch, you know, they're probably not there to really do anything other than just watch someone play a game. They're not going to interact with, with anything. So I think understanding why people are on certain platforms is going to shape your messaging and also affect your budget, how much money you're going to actually spend on a platform where people might not actually be too engaged, even though there might be lots of people on the site. Are they really engaged? Are they really clicking ads? Are they really engaging with that type of content? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you know what the, the rep told me as I was watching his pitch deck, he said, if Facebook, because Facebook is the king of, of advertising right now, Facebook and Google are really number one and number two. But Facebook by far above them all, the way that I see it. Face, uh, so if Facebook is 
uh, seeing things you don't care about posted by people you know. Reddit is seeing things that you do care about posted by people you don't know. Like that makes Not a lot true. of sense. Not true. Right? I mean, it used to be true. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's like, in fact, it's like this, this actually goes into your, your advertising out. thing. Um, lately, at least to me, I, I only have like, a, I do like Reddit, but I only have like a very small handful of subreddits I actually follow. And like you said, it's things that you really like, um, that you really like. I'm very, very like super Taco Bell. Like Taco Bell is my life. <laughs> and so I am subscribed to talk about subreddit. Man, you get some crazy things. You get not only you get like memes and crazy stuff, but you also get like people who work there. Like, yeah, here's here's the next three months of specials. You know, it's like you got everything. Like you said, there are people wow. you don't know. However, I believe that Reddit has been very, very aggressive in their advertising lately because I go through my feed and like I'm gonna say like almost every other to every third thing on my feed is either a sponsored or paid ad with for something I don't want or it's them trying to suggest me to be somebody else like mm-hmm. I'll sit there like for example I'm in the I, I own a a horrible fake jeep called the jeep renegade so I am in the the renegade uh <clears throat> subreddit and because I'm in the subreddit it keeps thinking like I like vehicles so then all of a sudden like it'll send me like oh here's someone having a problem with their Ford which happens a lot don't buy Ford <laughs> or Jeeps, <laughs> but like, yeah. So it's like, I'll get ads for all of these various cars. Cause I'm in the Jeep subreddit. And oh. then it's giving me suggestions for mm-hmm. other cars, which I have no interest in. I don't want your Nissan leaf. Really? I don't. So let me <laughs> understand you, Richard. Let me explain this thing that, that, that the guy told me you can do a, a web a whole site takeover. It's $450. Four, I'm sorry. $450,000 for a day. What? Wow. Yeah, well, they got a lot then, of right? <laughs> but then you can do a, a homepage takeover, like a front page takeover, which is only $250,000, much more reasonable for the day. And then, and I think I was pitching me on this. Um, and then they've got a category takeover, which is what you're probably seeing that ranges between 10 to a hundred thousand dollars a day. And they, you know, they, they kind of organize the uh, right around 120 or 130,000 subreddits into, they call them whitelisted subreddits, things that are safe to advertise in and, you know, verified and moderated in the way that they need and so on. And they allow advertisement, which is how I'm sure these Reddit mods actually make money. That's why they, they keep these things up is if they allow ads and if they, you know, police in a certain way, they get compensated based off of whatever traffic their subreddit generates. Right. And, and so you can take over an entire category of, you know, an auto is one of those categories. And I am sure that every single day, a different manufacturer is lined up to send you information on a different car. No, I find so it very interesting because you want, you can see how robust the platform is at advertising by looking at or observing the people who use those advertisements. So if you're not really seeing very well targeted ads, on Reddit, it probably means that they don't have the capacity to give you targeted ads, or they just don't have the inventory to actually show you something that's really suited to you. So they're just doing the closest thing at that time, which is some generic car ad. 
So mm -hmm. that itself, I think, explains the effectiveness of the advertising. Another example is when I was I was compiling this uh, spreadsheet of all these different additional advertising services, and I was comparing different pricing and different services. And some of the services are very clearly designed to be added into a bundle. They aren't very good on themselves. They're just designed to sort of make the bundle more appealing. Example of this, I'm not picking on the Dice Tower, but the Dice Tower has a lot of this. And one has been their website display ads. And so when I was looking at their website display ads, I noticed that no one was using their website display ads. Currently, if you go to the Dice Tower, I'm, I'm on it by now as of, the as of recording this, the only ads they have running are Dice Tower ads promoting their own kind of events. There's no, no one else is using them. So that to me is sort of like a red flag. It's like, oh, this isn't very valuable. Well, because well, people aren't using it. If, if it was getting results, you'd see people there. People would be using it. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely think that there is, there's value in, you know, if it's underutilized, it, do, it doesn't necessarily make it, it doesn't insinuate that it's bad on its own. It definitely is evidence that should be further, you know, is it bears further investigation. But sometimes you can find some really great underutilized uh, locations. I think KickTrack is a, a great example of that. Uh, BoardGameGeek can also outperform. I found the Babylon Bee, which was really good, um, which, had, you know, very, I don't even think they've been used for a board game before, uh, before I went there. And um, there are other niche sites that, that can do well. I find, I find with a lot of these sites as well is that they don't actually understand the advertising market and they're completely overpriced. It's like they actually don't know what they're doing. It's like, yeah, we just, this is what we charge because someone probably told us to charge this much and right. they don't understand. Well, they should charge what you'll pay, right? The, you know, that's why I, I was just kind of blown away. And oh, so, and I also asked the, the, um, the guy as I, as he was giving me the pitch deck, I'm like, okay, so with Facebook ads, I will tell one of my clients, Hey, you know, you're going to spend money with us and, and, and so on. But how, how much of a budget would they need to be effective? Like a minimum budget would they need to be effective on Reddit? What I tell people on Facebook is a minimum budget of $20 per day to actually um, see meaningful results. And then it kind of goes up from there. Uh, what is that for Reddit? And he's like, Oh, you know, like at least $50 a day, maybe like $5,000 a month. It's like, you know, that's kind of a lot for, Reddit, which is a, an unproven, you know, tr to me, an unproven platform. And, you know, as far as ads. And then also he told me this gem right afterwards, which was like, yeah, you know, on Reddit, people tend to do a lot more research. And so you might not get a whole lot of sales for the first month or two, but then, you know, after that Redditors start, um, they come around and start making purchases. It's like, you know, I don't want to spend $10,000 to find out that I got crap. The, the issue so. with Reddit is if you want to advertise on Reddit, it needs to not look like an advertisement. Like literally like, cause everything else is so different on Reddit. You could tell what, an, you know, like just by looking at it real quick, you know, oh, that's an ad. Like, cause every ad has an image, yeah. <laughs> first of all. So like, I wouldn't even put an image if I did an ad. I mean, in fact, the best, the best advertising on Reddit, I think is free. I, really, I agree with that. I really, I very much agree. As long as you have some kind of success, like in the past or something, all you gotta do is an AMA. Ask me anything. Yep. Hey, I just Those made very less money on Kickstarter. Ask me anything. Boom. Advertisement free. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I like that. I think that um, it's a great, uh, and organic is the way to go on Reddit. I actually, I think I've said this on the podcast once before. I went to the entrepreneur subreddit. Like I, I wrote a post on cold calling. This was, I don't know, probably like 10 years ago, maybe less. 
Um, but it generated thousands and thousands and thousands of clicks to, to our website every month um, for years. And we still, to this day, get clicks from that article. It, it, it rose to the, uh, it was the, it was ranked the number four of all time, you know, highest upvoted posts in the entrepreneurs subreddit, which now that there are many more users, it's, you know, it's probably on the 10th page or something, but people still find it and send me messages on Reddit asking me more questions about that when it's super old. But I talked about how I went from nothing to 120,000 a year solo as a freelancer using a particular cold call script. And I shared the script. And so I kind of broke the code there. More recently, I broke the code on Reddit with a post, which was that, you know, I, I shared a picture, which was the top picture was of deliverance, like kind of nice looking on a table. And the bottom was the very first prototype that I ever made, the very first prototype picture that I ever had. I'm just thankful that I took one, honestly. But um, I said, the picture below, nobody wanted to play. And it, you know, and my parents didn't even believe in it. And the picture above made $314,000 on Kickstarter. And that had hundreds of upvotes in various forums uh, or various subreddits and was responsible for generating a lot of traffic to deliverance. Um, I mean, those, that is the way to go. You know, it really is. I, I've also seen uh, on Reddit, it suggests a lot of things. And I think you also see this on Facebook where you're suggested things which you're actually not following. And I think True. this is a tactic ad adapted from TikTok. And that's what TikTok is sort of, sort of that was their pillar gimmick, so, so to speak. And I think all these social platforms are trying to mm -hmm. kind of embrace well, that. Yeah, well, the more, the more subreddits you subscribe to, the more they know about you, first of all. <laughs> and then second of all, the more opportunity for ads they can show you. Because, you know, they, they don't know, like if you don't subscribe to any kind of, or join any kind of like car subreddit, they don't know if you like cars, so you won't see car ads. Um, <laughs> so that was my mistake. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, that's true. But um, what what I've seen works, at least for me, is the more controversial your, 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 your post is, the better you'll do. However, the one caveat is you got to make sure you're in a subreddit that supports uh, that kind Said of controversy. that. Yes. Because for example, I'm going to use Taco Bell again, because I love Taco Bell. If you go to the Taco Bell subreddit and say, Oh, I just got this really awesome you know, bean and cheese burrito at Taco Bell. What? I don't like their hot sauce. What other hot sauce should I use? Oh, and, that's a big no, no. Yeah. Cause you know, if you, if you, Taco if Bell you're a Taco Bell fan, you use Taco Bell sauce. There's no like, oh, I'm going to put Del Taco on my Taco Bell sauce. Oh, that'd be bad. In fact, maybe I should do that just to see what happens. But yeah. a lot of subreddits, they have these these policies where if, if it gets downvoted enough, it just gets not displayed on the subreddit anymore. So mm -hmm. you can have something that's very controversial, very popular, but if it gets downvoted by the, the one side, then you're in trouble and you lose everything. So mm -hmm. Reddit's not a place to go to find the truth. It's where you confirm biases. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which that's is where ChatGPT came from. Oh, I mean, yeah. oops. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most frustrating thing for Reddit, if you're like new to it and you're trying to market your, your stuff is that you can find a subreddit and it could be something that you're interested in. You can read the rules, you can play, you can study the culture of that group and spend a bit of time doing this, make your post, 
and you'll automatically be banned. Get cussed out and banned. <laughs> yeah. And that is the most frustrating thing is especially when you've invested the time. At least on Facebook, you'll you'll post it and it'll be there. And then you might get some negative reactions or a mod might you know message you or whatever, but at least it's there. Whilst with Reddit, it's it's very deflating to invest that all that time in researching the subreddit or mm. to be banned. And, and it just it doesn't motivate you to continue. Just you just give up and I'm going to go to the next, I'll just go to Facebook. It's easier. <laughs> yeah. Also, you, know, you need to make sure if you're writing up or you're posting something that hasn't really been discussed recently. For example, Taco Bell again, just because uh, we're using it. When is the Mexican pizza coming out? Okay. And people discuss and great. Two minutes later, I see that Mexican pizza is coming out. When is it coming out? And then a couple mm-hmm. minutes after that, I heard oh, when, you know, and it's just like, like oh, people yeah. will ask and Reddit the same question. They use Reddit like Google. They're like, oh, I don't know the answer, so I'm just gonna go Reddit and do it. I'm not gonna Google research search. either. I'm gonna yeah. do a Google search on Reddit. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that search button is so small that they can't. They need to make it a little bigger. Just needs to be in the big in the middle, right in the middle. Just put the search button. You have to, you must search first before you post. So if you also another thing is if you do post something, you got to make sure that it hasn't really been over discussed or discussed too much recently. Um, otherwise, you'll have that issue as well. I always. Uh repost something in the cute overload subreddit and everyone's like i get a bunch of upvotes and you know if, they, if you want karma just find a really good old post and then resurrect that thing and be like you know i found a cute thing and then half the people are like this already exists so many times but then you get so much karma anyway um, i think to be successful on reddit just post the most stupidest thing you can think of and that will get you in like yeah. the, the the stupider whatever it is, the more crazy the responses are, and it just blows up. That's all you gotta do. Well, <laughs> it's I, like I, that I, Facebook I, ad. I don't that when I shared you guys, I can't remember. It was a while ago. There was a Facebook ad, and like the ad would look like it was written from someone who was a non English speaker who didn't really know, didn't know any artwork, didn't know how to do anything. Like it was like literally like this horrible image, and it's like buy. It said like you you like our game, buy it. Or something like that. And it was a Facebook ad. Like they were paying for it. And I was laughing so hard because I actually clicked on it because I thought, oh, this is so dumb. I got to see the rest of it. <laughs> so it was a great marketing strategy if that was a marketing strategy. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, there was one time they, a company, a big company made a joke ad on Facebook that was like, you know, that some kid's name thinks you suck at this game. And uh, it was, it was like an act. It was a real kid that that person knew. Like Scotty, whatever, thinks you suck at this game. And they, it just went extremely viral. I don't know. It was, a, it was an accident that was, you know, more like someone trolling that actually was very, very successful. I think that, you know, the way that I see Reddit and each time I've ever had hundreds of upvotes on a post or thousands, it's every time has been bleeding hard honesty and very helpful. And uh, the appearance of selflessness. So I think Reddit, the uh, Redditors, and we can talk about what they've been trained to do by their uh, overlords, you know, by their moderators and 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 everything. Yeah. But in general, they're very, very good. Redditors are very good at sniffing out uh, people that are seeking to profit from whatever it is that they're writing. And they will just obliterate you with witty snappy comebacks that you're not allowed to um uh i guess to contest but uh because you would just get downvoted into oblivion because and the other person will get an award for being so smart yeah smart smart, yeah a lots of upvotes (laughs) so i I, i'll say overall reddit is good for organic stuff you can get legit traffic 
I've earned clients from, you know, like web design clients, mark SEO marketing clients and board game clients from Reddit, but it, it never has come from paid ads. And so I, the way that I feel like if you want to be successful on Reddit, you need to be open, honest, and try hard. And you need to, in spite of you being open, honest, and try hard, you need to be rejected many times. And then all of a sudden, randomly, you're going to hit what seems to be the nail on the head and everybody loves your post and it gets like, you know, hundreds or thousands of upvotes and becomes the most popular post of the day or week. And that's just kind of how it works. It's something that um, you could post for me. I remember posting um, about that cold call post. I posted like at night, like really late at night. Like I want to say like 9 p.m. or something. I finally finished it and just posted it. That way the normal and, people uh, didn't see it first and the, the abnormal yes. people liked it. Seriously, yeah. And then the next day it was like the top post of the month already, you know, with hundreds of upvotes. And and um, then I, I alluded to a cold calls, you know, in my cold calls post, I alluded to a networking group um, thing because I had since found networking groups were very effective for me and in one one in particular called BNI. But then it was basically, you know, it's, well, tons and tons of people asked for it. And it was like two years and people were still asking for it. So I finally made that post and it got like 15 upvotes and everyone's just like, you're just trying to shill for BNI, scrub. It's like, no, I literally <laughs> told you exactly how I made this work. But because it was in BNI, top comment was like, you're a fake or something. And um, it just didn't go anywhere. It's like, you know, I did the exact same thing for the first one as I did for the second one. And it just, the sec, it just didn't take. And so what I did was I actually deleted it. I copied all the content, deleted it and reposted it. And I got more upvotes the next time. And it was kind of funny. Po yeah. Po posting on Reddit is like running for the president of the United States. Like if you announce that you're running for the president of the United States, all of a sudden the spotlight is on you. People are going to start researching you. Like literally Reddit, if someone writes something, there's like already like a dozen people already clicking on your, your, your screen name. And looking at all your previous posts, and it's all available. And like I've seen it all the time where someone will post something, and someone's like, "Well, no, you're just a. We don't like you. I don't like you because you said this about this like five years ago. Upvoted, and you haven't even made any of your own posts before this, or your own threads before this one. Yeah, and they because they are all, they're looking at your history. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, karma plays a big thing. Um, yeah. Yep. Karma, 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 chameleon. Sorry, I was waiting for a song. <laughs> we got one. So yeah, yeah like true. you're like if you post something, you gotta be uh, Mr. Perfect or Mrs. Perfect or Miss Perfect. Otherwise, so be sure that you belong in the yeah. cult of that subreddit. <laughs> uh, I mean, culture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless you make your own subreddit, <laughs> but you won't get yeah, any eyes on it. Cussed out by your own people. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> if you make your own subreddit, you can post whatever you want. But uh... <laughs> and then you'll now, be a moderator god. <laughs> <laughs> get burned! I'm so powerful. <laughs> So now one thing that I found very, uh, very interesting about that pitch deck with the guy, a unique audience that can't be found elsewhere. This, this image showed all of these different social media and it was, it, it had a percentage on top of each one. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the way down to Twitch. It had a percentage of the crossover audience between Reddit and these various social medias. And I was most surprised to see only 30% of Facebook users are, or I'm sorry, only 30% of Reddit users also have a Facebook account and, or maybe are also active on Facebook. 
And then, then it goes all the way up to, you know, at the high end, 81% of Twitch users also use Reddit. It, Which you know, could be so, a sign of unemployment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, one of the things I found most interesting was that, you know, because we do the majority of our marketing on Facebook, then, you know, for, for Kickstarters and whatnot, 30% of that group crosses over with Reddit. And I was kind of intrigued for a moment about, you know, that, that if I market on Reddit, I'm marketing to a different group. So you're marketing, if you, if you dominate marketing on Facebook and you, you have a secondary marketing channel, I would usually recommend Google, but Reddit is interesting that it, it at least shows that it might be worth spending some time. If you can do that organic stuff, then you might actually really have a deeper market penetration. Only 45% of Redditors are active on Instagram too, 58% on TikTok, 59% on Twitter, 63% of Redditors are also active on Pinterest, 68% on LinkedIn, 74% on Snapchat, and 81% are active on Twitch. And Sounds like Redditors are just like Snoopies, or not Snoopies, uh, what do you call it, lurkers. <laughs> I think so. They, they only like the platforms where they can see things without so, knowing that you've seen it. And that, that's that's my next thing, because let's say you have a budget that you, you're considering Reddit. Is it not possible to reach those same people on YouTube? Would it not be better to put that money into a YouTube influencer who creates content for your game? You could probably reach those Redditors with that content. And if anything, you've got some content which you can use on Reddit for your organic stuff. So maybe you can reach Redditors with YouTube content. Yep, I have had um, you know deliverance things and other elements that have been posted uh, for our, from our clients on YouTube uh, in reviews that have later been shared on Reddit by some other random person. So it doesn't mean that by not focusing on Reddit, you're never going to get any traction there. It just means that some other user that also happens to use Reddit found you newsworthy enough. Yeah. So if if, if you are posting um, on Reddit and you want to be like, uh, if you're looking like in SEO terms, Google loves reddit every time i do a search reddit always pops up and then of course it shows like the main form that it thinks it best matches and the main post that thinks it best and then lists like oh view more and you can view like billions of them mm -hmm. anyway so if you are doing like a keyword specific you know advertising a mind put that in your post because it will show up on google it's so yeah. magical yeah actually um the reason that i did the cold calls post to begin with is is purely because I wanted a contextual link inside a popular Reddit article. So I shared my website URL and I ended up getting a ton of traffic to the website because of that. But also at the time, Google didn't really value Reddit as much. And I knew that, hey, if I get ranked well on Reddit, this is for anything, and it includes a link to my website, then it's going to benefit us in the long run. And, um, you know, it's difficult to also. Earn what makes Reddit really great is, and I think this is why Google likes it. It's not, I mean, although it's a, it's their own system, it's not a fully closed system. Like you don't have to log in to view stuff on Reddit. So yeah. I think that's why Google really likes it because you could just be like, uh, you know, search for whatever. And then you could actually go to Reddit and read without having to create an account, sign in. And I think that's very, very big too. Right. And you don't even need the app. It always bugs you to, to download the app, but you're welcome to continue on your web browser. Oh, that reminds me of Twitter. I hate Twitter. Yeah. I have a Twitter account somewhere, but a lot of times something will catch my eye and I'm just on my phone or browser and I'll look and then you scroll and like you go like maybe two more things on the thing and it goes, you need to sign in. So let's parlay this into other advertising channels and, and whatnot. Um, Sean, you want to 
I know, I know that you were interested in, in kind of bringing us into that direction with this podcast. We talked a little bit about reaching Redditors, not using Reddit, like using YouTube or some other thing. And this is where you get into influencer marketing. And maybe we could dive into a little bit of like how to find an influencer or how to find a good reviewer. So I think, <laughs> well, finding a good influencer is someone who influences you. That's probably the easiest place to start. Is is there any website, any, it doesn't even have to be board game related. It could just be uh, something that might even be politically in the same vein where this could potentially have a um, crossover. So that's something to keep in mind as well. But what I find in terms of finding good reviewers, I will find a game that I personally do not like, or I know that there's a certain issue with a certain game. And I'll see if that reviewer has covered that game and have they brought up the things which I, I want them to bring up in terms of, you know, things. And it's very interesting because you, you can see different reviews and you can tell some reviewers haven't really played the games and, well, maybe they, they don't like those games or are their reviews kind of superficial and then other people are very detailed. And I find that's a really great way to find good reviewers on YouTube, for example, is to do a search and find a game that you know that has issues or you don't particularly like and see how honest they are, see how well they cover it. Are they, um, are they a bit, do they beat around the bush a bit too much? Are they on the nose or where, where are they? And, and that might then give you an idea of whether their reviews would be a good fit for your game. This would be the SEO wizard Rick uh, way of doing it. Cause I like to be lazy, literally find the subreddits you, you think are in your niche or general that for gaming or whatever, and then just post this on the subreddit. What YouTube channels, have the best game reviews or do you think have the best game reviews and of course all the people that post are redditors that are watching those channels <laughs> yeah that's smart yeah so that's what i do <laughs> yep and i think that you know if you really went after the big ones that um you would do well in fact in in relation to influencers and youtube influencers i i read a comment in the crowdfunding nurse community on a topic like this, where they had a, you know, there were a lot of people that will review a game before, you know, for Kickstarter, when the game actually comes out on Kickstarter, you have reviewers that have uh, preview copies and whatnot that, that cover it with content. And those people don't often cover those same games after the release. And uh, they kind of, you know, this person was lamenting that people that previewed games that didn't exist yet are not covering the game after it exists. And I think that there is value. Like you have relationships with those people already and you should ask them to cover it again. If they did a good job, if they, if they got views, if they really liked the game, I mean, you can use that content. Um, I, I'm actually thinking about that for deliverance. So one of uh, the people that I really enjoyed uh, well, a couple of them, um, Ant Lab Games did a really great job with the deliverance content. And I actually asked Ant Lab Games to make my how to play video because their, their, their quality is so high and, you know, their production quality is so high. And then, um, the one-stop co-op shop inter or did a game of deliverance and they loved it. I didn't have to, I didn't, I didn't have to pay for that. I didn't have to pay for Ant Lab Games either, but, uh, for their review, but the one-stop co-op shop Colin, um, over there loved the game. And so I'm absolutely sending him another copy. Uh, there are a couple of others that, um, that also did a great job that I'm going to send them a copy and they get to see an even more, a, a new and improved version of what they looked at, you know, two years before. And so I think that that's a really great way 
to, to find influencers is to use the people that, you know, actually did a good job for you. I know that established reviewers will, will do that. Uh, they'll say, Hey, you did a good job last time. You want to review this one this time. And, and that kind of thing after your game actually exists in the world and you've printed units and whatnot, that's when I personally think that sending copies of your games to influencers that review games on YouTube, just send them a copy of your game and let them review it. That is one of the best ways to sell games. I think that TikTok influencers can be the same um, or, you know, even yourself posting content on TikTok, you know, that type of thing can go really well for you. Andrew, um, can I ask you this? Did you ever send a, a prototype to a reviewer and they never reviewed your game? Yes. Yes. That was so that must that, be pretty frustrating. Maybe a sad panda because, yeah, those games were $250 a piece. Um, yeah, to make them, I made nine review copies and of the nine, I had eight reviews or eight reviewers actually review. I can't even remember at this point who the, the person who just never did anything with it. I think actually the person told me, sorry, I, you know, they kept it for like a month and then they told me or two months. And then they told me that, sorry, I'm not going to be able to get to this one. And I asked them to forward it along to someone. And I don't remember if they did or didn't, but uh, it wasn't wasn't good. And then I had a couple of games. I want to say what what my goal was, was to send one reviewer, have that reviewer to send to someone else. And I have nine games out there doing this. And then after three reviews, I would receive them back. And my intent was I created a pledge level called the Archangel Investor that would get one of these prototype copies that I made. I made seven of those pledge levels. And I got just enough games back to send out copies to all of the Archangel investors, except for one. I had to, I had to buy and piece together. I had like half of a game left over and I had to buy the remaining components, print them out and then send to that last one because I got six copies back. So, um, it was a, uh, it was definitely very interesting. That's probably more so with the smaller ones. I'm sure the larger ones are a bit more professional and they wouldn't even mm -hmm. take your game if it didn't feel because I know that must be pretty frustrating. I know I've done that before. You send games out to get reviewed and then stone cold silence. So you get some you know, mm -hmm. lib excuse like, well, you basically stole from me. So you're going to give me back my game then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's something you should expect, though. I mean, it's going to happen. You're you're sending it out on the goodwill, you know, and that happens in everything. Like, you know, if I mailed a dollar to everyone and told them to mail it back, how many people think I'm going to mail back, me back my dollar? Yeah, um, I know. It is a pretty cool thing to have, but shoot. <clears throat> yeah. Um, should mail them I mean, a dollar and say, uh, mail me back $2 and I'll mail you back 3 and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's a great idea. Uh, it's like trading one red paper clip for a house. You know? So yeah. what do you, story. Well, so I have some, so since, since, uh, you know, with all this AI craze, you know, being now has, um, their little, they've integrated chat GBT into their search engine, which has gotten some really crazy, uh, results and it, they've actually had to turn it off or cut it down. And there's been some <laughs> Microsoft Bing has been giving, it's giving people you rude responses, but what about like, for example, um, being marketing. I mean, we haven't really discussed, I mean, it, I now, first of all, they are keyword based. So, you know, you have to find like Google and, and Bing and whatnot, but being marketing is like one tenth the cost of Google marketing. Yeah. That's and, a really great question. Uh, it's not something we've really talked about before. Like for example, um, it'd be, I, I think it worked for more open generic keywords. For example, if like, if you, if you did a bid for like Kickstarter board game, I think that would work, but like, I know, cause Bing is not, you know, or like thematic board game of some kind, like zombie board game on yeah. Kickstarter that that type of thing would 
I think uh, could be interesting. I, I'll say that my my experience with Bing ads is that it, well, before Chat GPT, Bing had a much older user base than Google. Google dominated. They have about I want to say sixty five percent of all searches. You know, if you if you discount Amazon, which gets Amazon gets half of all e commerce searches, but Google. If you discount those e-commerce searches, or maybe if you don't, I, I have no idea how the stats match up together. But I do know that they have 65% or did last I checked of the search engine market. And Bing had a small kind of a fleeting amount. And I want to say it was like 5%. Some, you know, Ooh, Yahoo, Bing. Bing had 5%. <laughs> it, yeah. And um, so the the audience is much older because people that use Bing are the ones that bought a new computer that Microsoft Ed, you know, obviously Windows is the default uh, operating system Windows for a lot of computers. Yeah. <laughs> and Microsoft Edge is going to be the default browser, which brings you to Bing. If you want to search or anything, it uses Bing and it brings you to Bing and that kind of thing. So everybody that is, you know, I don't know, 45 years old and under 50 years old and under anybody who's tech savvy, they're largely going to install something like Chrome or whatever their favorite browser is. Used to be Mozilla Firefox. They've got Brave. There are a lot of browsers. And you'll change your, your default search engine to Google, maybe, um, or maybe those browsers would be default Google. So the audience was older and Google's was very kind of a wide variety of people, but generally younger than Bing. And so I remember uh, do, running Google ads and we were making a lot of money for a, for a particular client. And uh, this was back uh, a couple of years ago. And we wanted to advertise on Bing because we're making money on search engines. So why not? We made a lot more money than I thought was possible. Like you said, Rick, I want, it was like about a fifth the cost of Google per click. That's, we would get a customer clicking to the site. They would buy at the same rate and or at actually a slightly higher rate. Um, we just didn't have the search traffic to spend quite as much money as we could on Google. Yeah. So we, we would spend, let's say, whereas we would spend uh, 300 bucks a day on Google, we could only really spend like $30 a day on Bing uh, because that's all the people that were there. But we yeah. would get a lot more, it would go a lot conversions further. Conversions would be, yeah, I would say conversions would be a lot better because you're paying like one-tenth the cost or something yeah. like that. So the ones you do get, the leads you do get, you know, are more mm -hmm. value. However, yep. you're right. The problem is the search track. You're not getting enough people to find exactly what you're mm -hmm. looking for. That's why I was thinking like, you know, for general, general broader niches or broader keywords, mm -hmm. I think still work well. Um, or if you can do exact match on, on products, sometimes companies will allow you to bid on products. Most don't, but some do. You can make a killing on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm thinking with, you know, people rushing over to the getting, downloading the new Bing app. Well, I don't know if the app's new, but if downloading the Bing app and, and doing the new Bing search, I'm wondering if that might be something uh, to look into. I definitely think that there's a little shakeup happening right now because right now Bing with chat GPT and you know, Microsoft with chat GPT uh, and Bing as an extension of that versus Google and its barred AI Bing. I mean, chat GPT is far in, in my opinion and in the opinion of the media is ahead of uh, barred. So I think that Bing may Make a comeback. I'm not sure. Depends on how all this. If this yeah, depends on if it works. Like. If the the issue I think is is will people accept 
like an AI system in their search, like that answers questions, which I think they will right. over time. I'm not sure about immediate. Yeah. And then right the now, I think there's too much distrust. Is Google is the data center of the world. So if Google can actually step up their game and you know rush something out, they can they can literally use their entire search database as a database set for their AI. Mm-hmm. And I think, yes. uh, in fact, I think we discussed this in last week, but like, yeah, Google can literally like do everything. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it would be able to provide better answers in yep. the future as opposed to chat GBT. Bing search ads, they're connected in the same network as Yahoo and LinkedIn. Correct. So you sort of can select, you know. It's all, it's all Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you kind of, you get access in one sort of platform, you get access to those three channels. Mm-hmm. So You know what else is very interesting about Bing is that if you have a Google ads campaign that's working, this is this does not work with a smart campaign. You have to do the traditional Google ads campaign. Bing actually has a connect, a hook that you can copy your entire Google ads campaign over to Bing with one or with a few clicks. You do not have to rebuild the system. And I find that most interesting. Bing scrapes everything from your Google ads account and then re, re- replicates in Bing. They make it really, really easy to do that. So if that's something that you're curious about and you're already marketing on Google, then you know, yeah, you really have nothing to lose by trying Bing if it's working for you on Google. So, you know, one one other thing I will I'll mention is I was talking with uh, so some some of you that listen to this podcast know that I'm in development of a video game for Deliverance. And if if that's news to you, then you know, surprise. Um <laughs> surprise. But, <laughs> so the um I was, so I was talking with my um, developers this morning and, you know, just in our biweekly meeting, we, we always have a biweekly meeting and we were talking about long-term strategy earlier this week, or rather, I want to say a couple of weeks back at this point, uh, managed to connect with a writer that does reviews for Polygon and IGN.com, uh, two very large websites that mainly deal in video games, but also have board games and well, tabletop uh, subjects. And usually only the big, big games are able to make it there. Popular games, big games, games that are at retail, that have lots of units to sell. It's really, in general, very, very hard to get an article published as a review on Polygon or IGN. And, you know, there are other sites like this too, that you can, you know, insert that site name here. And I was talking to the reviewer who was very interested in reviewing Deliverance. He said, you know, it's going to be I can review it on my own blog or these other sites or, you know, that kind of thing. But I don't think my editor is going to let me get this into IGN. And I said, okay, no problem. You know, I would love to send you a game when the time comes. And, but in my head, I'm like, you know, you've written for IGN and the, I I believe I see a path forward to getting an article about deliverance, the tabletop game on IGN. It's, Hey, you know, this tabletop game deliverance is making a video game adaptation that's newsworthy for IGN or Polygon. And, you know, of course, if we manage to hit really big in a, you know, in our next Kickstarter, that might make it newsworthy. If it made a million dollars or more or whatever, that could always be newsworthy. But I feel like the guarantee is this crossover. And so I'm already thinking about ways to market Deliverance, the tabletop game in the future and, and that kind of thing. And I think when I look at the board game industry, as a general observation, I look as a small business owner 
in a lot of in a lot of other small business niches niches i don't know if i'm english or not uh the queen's english or the the america english america america i see this this kind of philosophy of i just want to make this thing and recently in a um in another group um that i'm a part of on facebook they they were talking about how you know this person had made like five board games and they made enough money to you know to not lose money on the board game and pay for the next one the development of the next one and that's what they've done for five campaigns in a row and uh they were they were kind of a bummed they're really you know i know this person and and i know that they've been trying hard and 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 everything but they have this um they're they're kind of a at a at an impasse where they're not really growing past that stage of of making games and making more money than just enough to fund the next one like they want to make a lifestyle and a living off of making games and i am a believer in that you need to have a plan like you're not gonna you know unless your code names or something like that you're not gonna have it an instant hit that everyone needs that is an evergreen that fuels the amount of money that you need to live every month right away you, you need to build a catalog of games or have a plan uh for how you're going to get your one game to grow and grow and grow and um i was just thinking about that you know about more pondering how there are so many designers that are looking to just make their game, get it funded on Kickstarter, move to the next product, get it funded on Kickstarter. And I'm thinking, you know, there's not a lot of long-term planning that I see in a lot of clients. And so, I don't know, maybe it's worth its own podcast to talk about this, but I feel like um, long-term planning absolutely includes influencers. And how are you going to get your product into Polygon and Dicebreaker and, you know, you name it, all of the other big sites, PC Gamer and, and IGN and so on and so forth. How are you going to get them there? And what's what's your long-term strategy? And with that said, fellow Redditors, you gnarly people, am I really the a-hole? Because I'm going to make this episode end. Ha, 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 ha. And maybe next week you can AMA me, <laughs> but not this week. And that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to listen to our other ones, visit us, visit us at crowdfundingnerds.com. Also, if you have a great question or want to hang out with some fellow nerdy peoples, join us at our Facebook group at Crowdfunding Nerds or yeah, Crowdfunding Nerds Community. Uh, just do a search for that on Facebook. And finally, we have this really awesome program. Uh, for people who want to get keep going on their uh, Kickstarter crowdfunding journey with videos and instructions on how to do everything from placing ads to moving through and, you know, figuring out what to do for shipping and all that fun stuff. Um, and you could check that out, crowdfundingnerds.com forward slash course. And until <laughs> next week, stay cool, become a Reddit user, and stay nerdy. Adios. <laughs>